1: James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The
0: Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush? He's always mistakenly British. Teen crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents.
2: Oh, I- I know who
0: you are, America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, aka Bose Nerdly presents Mark Stein. This is so wrong. I shouldn't even be here, M- Mark Stein.
2: <laughs> uh, you are. Uh, you make Greta, the Greta. You make the best Scandinavian schoolgirl i've ever heard james that's, you are <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fantastic you. you are in the you are in the wrong body you should start transitioning that, you make a fantastic scandinavian <laughs> schoolgirl,
0: yeah, I just got to get my ponytail action together <laughs> it'll be. <laughs> Yeah, those Mark, uh listen. yeah, I
2: think they're like, are they are they pigtails? I think they're pippy long stocking type pig pigtails she has. Uh which which exactly all make me right. uh, they I can't I I can't stand her. I I mean I can take anything in, in these ghastly uh eco activists. But uh, having, you know, being told, "How dare you?" by some obnoxious Swedish schoolgirl, I'd, I'd rather have Leonardo DiCaprio. I can't wrong. tell the difference. But oh God, I that i is—I shouldn't be up here. Yeah, you're right. I you should be, should back, d- in yeah, you should be, be back in school. Yeah, you should be back in school. Yes, you should be. Yet, uh, you all come to us, young people. No, I oh. don't. No. How dare you? I I I don't go to you anybody. You've stolen
1: my dreams. No, and my I haven't. With your
2: I, empty words. Your your childhood's better than any generation in human history, you twit. Uh, my you just played my friend, <laughs> the great Alan Jones from Sydney, uh, telling. Uh, is that who that is? Yeah, that's wonderful. Alan Jones is like the Rush of Australia, and he was just terrific. Uh, he was just terrific there. I, I love this whole environment. Whenever I say anything, you know, oh, I don't think this climate change, uh, you know, I don't think we need to worry about it quite as much as, well, what do you know? Are you, uh, are you, uh, climate? Are you a climate scientist? No, but my, my friend here, uh, he won a Nobel Prize in Physics. Ah yes, but it was just physics in general. It wasn't climate science, was it? Unless you're a climatologist, you have no right to speak on this subject. Uh, and then Greta Thunberg comes along. Hello. Ooh, I left school at eight years old, uh but everybody seems to think I'm the world's greatest genius on the environment. Uh, I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, admittedly, uh, she was uh, at a, in a Swedish school until she was eight years old, which I think is the equivalent of uh, doing up to grade 37 or whatever it is in the Washington, D.C. school system. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, but uh, you oh. know, I love all that. Oh, if you're not a how? Oh, you're not a climate scientist. How dare you speak? And then, oh, look at this little Swedish schoolgirl. This, I mean, this is this. <laughs> this is the best thing these sinister globalists have come up with. Because you know, all these other guys they put up as the sinister globalists. Uh, like Klaus Schwab, the German mastermind, uh, are, are obviously people you'd want to steer well clear of. But then this like little eight-year-old, oh, I'm a little <laughs> eight-year-old Swedish schoolgirl with pigtails. Well, I mean, I'm not going, I say, so, you know, when I want to know about rising sea levels in the Maldives in the 22nd century, I want a reliable eight-year-old schoolgirl to tell me. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs>
0: Just love it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> you have been—you have been a uh, a subject of the Queen your entire life. That's true. Have you not?
2: Hmm. I have until uh, whatever it was four days ago, uh, and to be <laughs> to be honest, uh, I would have been—I would have been quite happy uh, to remain a subject of the Queen for another twenty, thirty, forty yes but uh, sometimes with constitutional monarchy uh, the, it comes to an end and you have to endure a somewhat less satisfactory monarch that's the nature of the system what do you think her legacy will be well i think she i think she presided <clears throat> i mean she she came to the throne when harry truman was in the white house she knew, got to know President Eisenhower when he was General Eisenhower during the Second World War. That's ancient history to most Americans, uh, but it's, it's slightly less ancient uh, in Her Majesty's Dominions because she's the continuity. Uh, it's an incredible thing, seven decades. But, you know, the nature of the system is the queen is dead, long live the king. Uh, everything changes in a minute. Um, uh, and it was very shocking to me, actually, that statement from Buckingham Palace that said, uh, the Queen passed away this afternoon, the King and the Queen Regent will remain at Balmoral and return to London. And you suddenly, wait, wait a minute, the King and the Queen Regent. And I'm thinking, I've been so used to America, where you have the peaceful transition of power for three months, so that it gives the deep state uh, enough time to screw over uh, the incoming, uh, President Trump or whoever it is. It's a brilliant system. <laughs> yeah, that. It's a brilliant system that. So I'm, I'm a little stunned because I've been in New Hampshire so long. I'm thinking, well, why isn't he the king elect for three months <laughs> while the, uh, right. the, the deep state planned to screw him over? But no, everything changes in, uh, seconds. And then, uh, fellas in, uh, London and in Ottawa and in, Hamilton, Bermuda, uh, and in Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea, uh, the Garda King of Arms and uh, the Canadian Chief Herald come out and read these proclamations, announcing that some entirely new fellow is now the head honcho, and that's it. It all, it all. It, uh, there's no uh, three-month transition. It all just changes in a couple of minutes.
0: And Harry is now back in the fold, at least momentarily. And uh, it looks like everybody's kissed and made up, at least for the show of the until the funeral. <laughs> well, Do you I don't expect that to continue.
2: No, I don't. I don't really, because I think you know she's ill-suited uh, for that role. Because the thing is, if you're a younger son, uh, you spend your entire life getting less important. Uh, so if you're someone like Prince Edward, who's the Queen's youngest uh, child. Your born youngest son, so he was born third in line to the throne, and then his brothers start having kids, and their kids start having grandkids, and so you become third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, twelfth, thirty-seventh in line. You spend your whole life getting less and less important. And uh, she, doesn't, she doesn't understand that. It's a rather, it, it, it requires a sort of self-effacement, but not really compatible with being a rather zealist uh, celebrity, which is what apparently her preference is. So I, I think that's uh, I don't think that's likely to end happily. Um, but it's not, you know, nobody the, it was interesting to me, the coolness on the uh, streets of uh, 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 when when she and Kate and William and Harry went out on the streets, there was a marked coolness. Towards her, people don't don't forget easily what she's done.
0: Now, this came. This, this Carnegie Mellon professorette who's just filled with hate. Uh, look, I understand people have political differences with Great Britain and and with the way that the colonial powers have operated in the world, but to wish the Queen uh, excruciating death uh, and pain, <laughs> yeah. and then for the the Carnegie Mellon folks to say, ah, freedom of speech. I don't know whether I would ever feel comfortable. If I was someone that was considering Carnegie Mellon as an institution of learning, I don't even know whether I'd feel comfortable. What kind of people are these?
2: Well, you're paying, you know, you're paying six-figure sums to have your kids taught by morons. The reality of human history, I mean, she might not like the British Empire, but it's not a choice between imperialism and no imperialism. For the most of human history, it 's a choice of which imperialism do you do you get right now uh people like uh china russia Iran think as conventional imperialist powers they prosecute uh world affairs in their own strategic interest uh, and that means that uh they're they're not trammelled by uh, fancy ideas about, you know, going forth uh, in in cause of some pure ideology. Uh, we're only doing that in the West because we're dying, because we're screwed, because we basically are committing the most expensive civilizational suicide in history. So we've chosen to go down the toilet uh, and uh, drag the most advanced civilization in the world downward. That's basically what Alan Jones was. Alan Jones is saying Greta, Greta Thunberg, What the hell are you on about? You, you have a better life than almost anybody has ever lived, and you think that the West is the problem. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And whatever comes after the West, uh, Greta Thunberg and maybe this Carnegie Mellon professor too, will be young enough to live with the consequences of their own, uh, narcissism, which is what this, which is what this is. Look, uh, the, the, the British Empire is, has got pluses and minuses, but in all its core area, er- you look at the dominant regional powers anywhere on earth. At one point or another, they were all under the British crown. Right. Uh, you look at the most, uh, the, the countries with the highest GDP per capita. I forget whatever, what it's like. 14 out of 20 are current or former realms. Of Her Late Majesty the Queen. You don't, it's not about imperialism versus this fluffy unicorn landscape where, where, where there's nothing bad, where every, where you're ruled by Greta the munif- Munificent. You've got a choice, uh, right now, you've got a choice between letting China take over the world or uh, America waking up. Uh, and the rest of the West, and stop, uh, lo- uh, stop this civilizational self-loathing, which is psychologically unhealthy. Uh, America is actually destroying itself. It's criminalizing political opposition, uh, and, uh, and we're all going to be going off the cliff. Um, it's, it's not, it's, in fact, it's a waste of time arguing the merits of a uh, constitutional monarchy versus a constitutional republic because we're actually all heading for the rubble at the bottom of the cliff and it'll seem a stupid argument when we slam into the bottom of the cliff and we're all blown into a thousand smithereens. And, and this stupid Carnegie Mellon professor is uh, is a symbol of the decadent narcissism of end-phase civilization.
0: Mark, I, you know, are you want to ask you if you can hold on through the break. I want to play Harris Faulkner, if you can. Because- oh,
2: uh, I'm, I'm always ha- I love Harris. I'm always happy to stay for the-
0: okay, okay, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. James Golden, Stern. we got a break. We'll be right back. Mark Stein's going <laughs> to stay around, and I want you all to hear what's coming. So don't go away. We'll be right back.
1: Entire ecosystems are collapsing.
0: <laughs> We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth.
1: How dare you? James Golden, known popularly as Bo nerdly This is the Rush
0: Hour with Bo nerdly Rush, Rush, Rush. WABC. Say, say, say
1: what you want, but
0: don't. Play I saw him My in London, of all places, play, at Wembley Stadium. Play, Just what, two weeks ago? WABC Talk Radio, seventy-seven. James Cullen. Mark Stein is still with us, thankfully. Uh, Mark, we have breaking news. Our princess died. Our princess died. Our princess died. Uh, texted me during the break, Ken Starr has passed away, complications to surgery.
2: Oh, that's uh, that's very sad. Um, I I can't claim to have known him well. I met him half a dozen times over the years. He he had a great childlike face and the most fantastic smile. And I always, I always I remember once just being on a, a panel with Ken, and he was asked some very serious loyally questions. And he responded in a loyally way. And of course I'm the complete opposite. And <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I just, uh, made some cheap joke, pulled some low hanging fruit. And the thing about, it, I I glanced at, I glanced at Ken and he had this sort of beatific, uh, genuinely innocent childlike smile on his face. He, he was trashed by the uh clinton. by the cl- clinton people yep into being he was, he was supposedly this ferocious hymn singing crazy fundamentalist uh who who thought that everybody else was we uh, ju- we were all just godless fornicators and we're going to burn in hell and it and it was and, and he and it all sort of washed off him he honestly he's he didn't care about that at all he was Actually, so they, they trashed him, they turned him into this hate figure, and it, it made me realize actually just what the media and the Democrats can do when they're really determined, because he was the nicest guy, he was the cuddliest guy, he was a big, smiley, beaming-faced guy, and they made him out to be a monster.
0: Ken Starr, dead. And ladies and gentlemen, I mentioned Harris Faulkner earlier, and Mark graciously agreed to stay so we can listen to this together. She was on uh, that panel show that she does on Fox. And she talked about two things. Immigration was one of them, but she also talked about this story that came out yesterday of the lawyers for the terrorists that remain at Gitmo, including Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, trying to make plea deals with the prosecutors and this is what harris faulkner said
1: i know that i can't speak for every military family out there but i'll speak for mine i am truly sorry to all of them that we as a sovereign nation can't continue to act like one Mm -hmm. that's the second time this hour that i have said that Mm -hmm. it's about the border it's about this issue if we don't know what justice looks like when americans are killed are we then lily you put it so beautifully are we then really a sovereign nation Do do we really, really love the citizens of this great nation? We have a president who hates at least half of them. How do we know? Because he keeps telling us. Right. So what about those military families whose children went to war because of what happened? Who willingly went and gave their lives blood and treasure from America after we were hit? Mm. They will never be the same. Those families who lost their children and those men and women who are forever damaged from serving that war. What do we say to them when we say, well, make a deal for these guys who took more than 3,000 lives of Americans in this country on American soil? What do we say to those military families? Yeah, we gave up. We got tired. We liked liberalism in our in our justice system better than we love you. I'm dying to know.
0: I have never, Mark, heard Harris speak like that.
2: Well, Harris is speaking there from the heart. She often talks about uh, growing up as a uh, military brat uh, where you move from base to base. And because you're not growing up in the same town, it's instead the institution, the the military, that become your family. Um, I have to say uh, that's heartfelt. It's a betrayal of the soldiers, but it's important to remember that this is a betrayal of the soldiers by the brass. Uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, uh, people will know him as the very hairy-backed jihadist, uh, extremely hirsute, uh, looks a bit like John Belushi. He was captured, I, I will remember this, uh, March the 1st, 2003. So for any Welshman, that's St. David's Day. It's your national holiday. Uh, March 1st, 2003, that is now 19 and a half years ago. It is almost, it is twice as long as the First World War and the Second World War combined. And the United States of America cannot prosecute and convict a, uh, a, a, a warmonger who planned an act of war that killed nearly 3,000 Americans on September the 11th. September the 11th, 2001, it's now September whatever, 2022. They're still going through their... It's not that these guys are seeking an appeal, it's it's that this whole dirty, rotten, stinking, corrupt uh, pseudo-justice system is ready to do a deal with them, in which, by the way, they will receive so-called treatment for the alleged torture they have suffered. These five guys are likely to be out and walking around uh, whatever delightful part of Afghanistan they happen to prefer uh, well before, you know, some of these January 6th guys are walking around. That's how sick uh, the, uh, the pseudo-justice system in this country is. But Harris is quite right. What's the point of sending two, three generations of Americans... Uh, and, and others, indeed, to run around the Hindu Kush to die year in, year out in godless bits of sod, worthless, some of the most worthless bits of sod on the planet. If you capture the head honcho, uh, he's also the guy who sliced off the head of Daniel Pearl, by the way, uh, you can't even prosecute, you've had 20 years. And now, after 20 years, you think, oh well, yeah, we don't really think we can, uh, Bring this one in, uh, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna cop a plea. It's pathetic. Americans should be a, a sh- the the war is lost. The war is lost at home and abroad because the people who uh, the the people who were running it, starting with these buffoon chiefs of staff like thoroughly modern Millie, with all his medals from his shoulder to his scrotum, I I have no idea what they are for. Uh in a country that takes twenty years to lose a water, goat herds with fertilizer. They should raise the Pentagon, salt the earth, and move the joint chiefs of staff to a strip mall on the edge of Cleveland or wherever.
0: Brilliant. As always, Mark, what a pleasure. Sanity prevails. Mark, we missed you so much. (laughs) Well well.
2: Well, I, I, I don't think – I feel very sorry about this, and I fully understand. I dro- saddest thing, a couple of days after the fall of, of, of Kabul last year, I drove uh, down I-89 from Vermont to New Hampshire, and there were signs over the bridges from fellow veterans mourning one of their own who'd committed suicide after the fiasco in Afghanistan. Harris is quite right. every military family should be what's it we we fought and bled and died for 20 years so Khalid Sheikh Mohammed could cop a plea it's pathetic
0: Amen. thank you Mark James Golden aka Snorley with you Mark Stein we'll be right back ladies and gentlemen right after this y'all know what today is right I said do y'all know what today is today is
1: Go to